Hey, kids, this is Tommy Price from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Billy Idol. And you're listening to Shane Christopher Neal at Giant FM. He's bold, he's sexy, and he's a drummer. This is the Industry 45 Podcast Show with SCN. All right, uh, Industry 45 Show, GiantFM.com. Just a reminder, each and every Saturday night, you can check out my show. It's the best show on Classic Rock Radio, 7 to Midnight, 70s, 80s, and the Rockin' House Party, a show where we play plenty of great music. Uh, like, like, like people like, you know, John Waite, Billy Idol, of course, Joan Jett, so many great artists. And speaking of uh, on the phone, Tommy Price, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you, Shane? I'm doing fabulous. Such an honor to talk to you as a longtime drummer myself. I've I've kind of changed the name of the show now from the drum throne. Just being a drummer myself, I tend to interview all kinds of drummers, and and here we go. We're going right. to do this tonight, and I'm so excited. So, uh, yeah, nice. I love I love that. I love that from the drum throne. That's awesome. I had to come up with something creative and catchy. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. I love it. Let, let's talk about your your influences. I know you probably have gotten asked that a lot over the years, but but what kind of inspired you to become a drummer that now you've created a whole lifetime around this great craft? Um, well, my in my early days, um, <clears throat> my influences, of course, you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, so I was influenced by um, John Bonham and Keith Moon, um, and but I listened to a lot of R and B music also growing up. Uh, uh, being being from growing up in Brooklyn, New York, there was a, there were bands like the Young Rascals and um, and Vanilla Fudge, you know, like bands like that. Um, drum heavy bands like uh, Dave Clark Five. Um, Pori being the Raiders. So I always got into that kind of stuff, but um, I always leaned a little bit more towards Blue Eyed Soul. So uh, Dino Dinelli, the drummer from the Young Rascals, really um, uh, had a big influence on me when I was a kid because he was, he was a really heavy rock drummer, but playing in a R&B band. Yeah. You know, the Young Rascals were all like these four white dudes from from new york uh playing playing r&b music and um and so i love that kind of stuff i you know my older brother i had a, a brother that was uh, a little bit older than me and all his record collection consisted of uh like you know bob dylan and um and the young rascals so I, he kind of turned me on to that and 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 dino was the guy that I used to listen to a lot, uh, Dino Dinelli from the Young Rascals. So, yeah, he was, um, you know, besides the the normal Keith Moon and and John Bonham, uh, which I you know always love. Um, Dino Dinelli was a big part of my my childhood. Well, that, that's awesome. And I know you mentioned Vanilla Fudge. And by the way, Carmine Apiece has been on the show multiple times here to give us his insight yeah. into, the, into the world of drumming and, and rock and roll. Um, let's talk about some of your, your earlier times. Um, Scandal, like, you know, that song, The Warrior, uh, and actually I just played it last week. And when I was growing up and it was on, you know, pop radio, uh, was that, you know, one of your early big breaks was playing with that band and with Patty? No, not really. I mean, that was a stepping stone uh, band for me. But um, I did a lot of work before that. You know, I, I was I was um, strumming around the New York scene 
doing records with um, uh, Tom Verlaine from television. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, I, I was in a band that was signed to RCA called Flame. So I was already recording a bunch. And I also was in a band called Mink DeVille um, from 19, from let's see, 78 through 82, okay. something like that. So I did a couple of records with Mink DeVille. And we did a lot of tours in Europe. So I was exposed uh, and, uh, at a very young age, early 20s, growing up and, and, and playing on the road and, and, and recording already um, around New York and uh, that whole scene before I even got into Scandal. Scandal was kind of like one of those bands where, uh, you know, I, I, I went and... and and started working with them. Um, bass player Ivan Elias was a good friend of mine. We worked together in Germany um, on some Helen Schneider records. So when he joined Scandal, uh, they lost their drummer in the beginning, and I got called in. Ivan called me in to uh, to come in and, and 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 do a tour, and we wound up being on the road with Scandal for like this was right after. Uh, Goodbye to You was on MTV. So we kind of broke that record on the road. And we stayed on the road for about a year, you know, opening up for like Adam and the Ants and Golden Earring and all of them early uh, 80s bands. Um, but yeah, Scandal was, uh, uh, by the time I had gone into the studio um, to do the Warrior record, um, we had already been on the road for about a year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was, that, that was a great band that, that, that was, uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time on the road together, but that was kind of a stepping stone before I got with Billy. You, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Hindley street country club, which is a cover band out of Australia and they do all kinds of top 40 hits from Peter Gabriel to anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it was about eight or 10 months ago, they released the warrior and did their version of it, which sounds very similar to, to your, I mean, incredible band. And that brought it to the forefront of my mind. And then I started playing it on radio again. And so it's funny how things come full circle. Right. So let's talk about Billy. Um, Let's talk about Billy Idol and your time with Billy. And so 1983 MTV new year's Eve party. If I'm looking at that video correctly, you're playing with Billy Idol uh, with that. What color are those drums? Pink, Yellow, I I can't remember, but they were pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember. No, yeah. That, 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 yeah, baby pink drums that I had made for for Mink Deville in in like nineteen seventy nine. So I always used them. Those 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 drums were made special for that band for Mink Deville, and I used them through Scandal and and Billy Idol. But yeah, those are my premier. I still have them. I'm using them. You know, I use them all the time. That's I awesome. Still use them in the studio those drums, those baby pink drums. Um, I had them made at the same time that Jerry Nolan from the New York Dolls had his premieres. He had the exact twin drum set to me that he played, uh, that he used in the New York Dolls. Um, so him and I had the exact same kits that premier, and we sponsored premiere, both of us, uh, UK company, um, and, um, yeah, we, we, we just, we happen to have the same kits made. He had, he has done for the New York Dolls. Mine were made for Mink Deville. 
So, yeah, I still have them drums. That's awesome. Wait, what year did you join Billy Idol? 83. It was, so it was in 83. Okay, cool. And yeah, and, and yep, so, yep, so yep. many great songs um, on the albums and, and from, from Rebel Yell, which I think everybody has played if you play in a cover band, including myself. <laughs> um, uh, so talk to me about the sounds of, of, I don't know how much of the albums you were part of or all the early albums, but but to get the sound that Billy had, especially on albums, a lot of electronics, I take it, were used on some of that as well. Um, well, on the Rebel Yell record, that's the re- that's the only record that I that I actually played on was Rebel Yell. Um, but it, most of the stuff that I played on, there were there were no triggers or no; those were all live drums. I mean, I did the, the majority of Rebel Yell is was all me. Um, songs like. Um, Flesh for Fantasy that I did I played on that and then they they took some samples right. and they used it in and out. It's kind of along with the drums with the live drums. So uh, Eyes Without a Face, the same thing. You know, um, we used some live drums, but it's kind of mixed in with the, with samples. So yeah, but the majority of Rebel Yell is all is all live cut in the studio all live drums i thought the album had such a great drum sound too i really did and really stands out still today uh 1990 were you still with idol wembley stadium no none by by then i i'd already uh i'd already joined up with with john jet with john jet 1990 yeah okay so so let's go to that then tell me about uh the process of, of meeting joan and getting the opportunity to work with her which you've done over many many years well, I I knew Joan like before we like nineteen. I met her in nineteen eighty. Um, the the her producer and partner Kenny Laguna was a friend of mine from way back. I when I was very young, uh, he was a he was uh he, he was a sort of a, a, a staff producer uh, and working at up at Lieber Krebs management office and shared an office with them and the guy that i happened to be playing with on staten island um did some demos and got signed to leba krebs and they sent kenny out to staten island to produce some demos to try and get a record deal for this guy and so long story short that's when i met kenny laguna joan's partner so i knew i knew Kenny and Joan from way back then when I was a kid. Oh, wow. So by the time, by the time she was putting the black hearts together, Kenny had remembered, remembered me and called me to come in to play drums with her. But at that time I had just joined Minkaville and was going to Europe on, uh, you know, my first, uh, the first time I, my first tour. So I was very young. And um, I had already booked this Mink Deville tour, so um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. And and Joan had just released Bad Reputation. Actually, the record wasn't even released yet. It was uh, Kenny played it for me on on like seven and a half seven and a half inch reel to reel tape. And um, yeah, and so I couldn't really do anything with them at the time because I was already. Uh, you know, I'd already had plans to, to do a tour with, with, with Willie DeVille. Um, but fast forward to uh, 1985, he calls me again, and um, they're losing. Lee Crystal is leaving the band with the Blackheart, 
and I come in to do the Light of Day record with Joan, the the, the record she did, movie she did with uh, Michael J. Fox. And um, so from that point on, I kept doing all her records from 1985, um, in and out of of Billy Idol. <laughs> Whenever I wasn't working with Joan, I was in. I was working with Billy, so I was do. I was sharing. I was sharing the seat for Billy and Joan whenever I can. Um, <laughs> that, that, pretty that, much most of the eighties. That was yeah. that's awesome, man. And now talk to me about um, both of them as people to work for. My understanding with Joan Jett is that very professional, wants you on time, uh, all business. Is that what she was like for you? Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. She's very professional, very, um, yeah. I mean, you know, she did, I think she, she did all her like, uh, messing around and, uh, and partying in the runaways days. Right. And I think by the time the black hearts were put together and she had, uh, you know, her own band, um, well, the runaways were her, was her band too. But by the time, you know, Kenny got involved and, and she, you know, went through her early teenage days and all that stuff. Um, she was ready to just settle down and just do business. Right. And that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much how it was. It was very, yeah, it was very strict and very, um, yeah, it was very, you had to be on, on your game. And, and there were many times where I wasn't and I got in big trouble. <laughs> well, at least you can admit it now, right? Do you still talk? I know you're on the band now. Uh, do you still like talk to Joan at all? And um, I know she's going out of on the stadium. Okay, and she's going out on the stadium tour. Are you going to check the tour out if you can? Or yeah, well, sure. I'm living in Texas now, so they're coming through Texas. Nice. She was here last August. Um, uh, she did. She did a few shows here in in um, in, in Texas last uh, last August, and I went to see her. Yeah, I'm still. In, on very good terms, I'm I'm still part of the Blackheart family. You know, that's like the you know the Blackheart family is like uh, the mafia. You never really <laughs> you, you can't know? Get, once you're in, you can't get out. It's it <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but I'm but I'm pleased to say that I'm still part of the family. That's yeah. awesome. They're coming to Toronto now. They booked uh, dates on that stadium tour August the eighth. I'm going to be at the show. Uh, I play drums in a Poison tribute band, so I'm always excited to see Poison. Seen them a number of times. Def Leppard. I've seen uh, Motley, yeah. but I've never seen Joan Jett. So super excited for that. What was Billy like to work with for you? I mean, here's this guy, you know, this this punk looking rebel, uh, very unique individual. What was he like as a boss to work for? Oh, Bill, he was a he he, he was a pal. He was a mate. He, you know, we hung out. He was he was nuts. I mean, first of all, come on, man. You know that whole period with Billy was the fabulous eighties. Absolutely, yeah. So we, you know, fucking anything went down. <laughs> we we did every. We did everything and anything back yeah. then, you nice. know? I mean, nothing was, nobody when nothing was safe with us, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, we had a lot of fun and, and made some great music and, and had great tours, man. I, you know, I, I would do it all over again. I, it might have took a couple of years off my life, but I would do it again. <laughs> Uh, I seen Billy Idol in Toronto a couple of times, CNE Stadium. I do recall um, at that time, though. I think it was shortly after his accident. It comes to my mind, but uh, anyway. But uh, yeah. always been a big Billy Idol fan. As many 
cover bands as I play in over the years, we always end up playing a couple of, of Billy Idol tunes. Uh, what's your connection with John Waite? I had John Waite on this show about two, three, maybe three months ago. Super cool guy, John. And did you uh, record an album with him or what's your connection with John Waite? Yeah, I did um, a record called Rover's Return with John Waite. Um, just the record. I never toured or anything with him, but yeah, he was, he, he was, he was okay. You know, uh, very English. And no, very English. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, I had, yeah, I had fun with him. He was, he was, you know, I had a good time with great guitar played. John McCurry played guitar. Um, really good band. Um, you know, uh, yeah, John was great. Was good guy. What about, um, uh, you referenced the Who and a few things, but Roger Daltrey. Um, what what did you do with Roger? I I, I played on on Roger's. Uh, let's see, what was it called? Uh, Rocks in the Head. It, one of his solo records, Rocks in the Head. Uh, it was me and Ricky Bird from 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 from, from the Blackhearts, guitar player. From uh, co-wrote a lot of the songs with Roger. And Ricky brought me in, asked me to come in and, and uh, do this record. Uh, Gerard McMahon produced the record, and we did it in New York. Yeah, it was in, um, unbelievable to work with him because I grew up on The Who, man. And, and you know, the first time, because we, we, in those days, we cut everything live in the studio. There was no, uh, you know, like, no... Uh, recording from you know another state or anything it was, there was no remote recording everything was cut live in the studio so we went at, we went in to do that record as a band so usually roger puts uh reference vocals down and the first i remember that first time i sat behind the drums put my headphones on and heard that voice now as a kid i grew up on that voice right yeah listening to the who listening to, you know, Won't Get Fooled Again and all those great songs from The Who, all of a sudden now I'm playing drums behind that voice. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like I got chills right straight down my spine into my legs, and I couldn't believe I was there doing this record with a guy that I grew up on. So it was pretty surreal for me doing yeah. that Roger Dalton. And, and your resume is deep. Uh, Steve Stevens, uh, of course, from, from Billy Idol days, uh, Michael Monroe, Rico Kasich or Okasik, depending how you want to say it. Psychedelic Furs stands out to me. Um, I really like the, the Psychedelic Furs. What did you do with them? Yeah, that was great. Was, um, Mirror Moves was the record I played on. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, that was through the same producer that I worked with, uh, with Billy Idol. Um, uh, you know, um, did uh, did uh, psychedelic furs, and uh, he called me in to um, to do the psychedelic furs. I did a couple of records with um, Keith Forsey. Keith Forsey, I'm sorry, Keith Forsey. Yeah. So Keith, uh, being a drummer himself, um, you know he, you know, when I first came in to do Billy Idol stuff, he kind of dug the way I played and. Um, and used me on a couple other records that he did. And he produced the Mirror Moves record and um, brought me in on that. So, yeah, I, I did a couple more things with Keith over the years, Keith Fossey. He was actually Donna Summers' drummer, like be, like in the disco days. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. He, yeah, he, 
he did a lot of stuff with Giorgio Moroda, uh, the, the other producer that big old did a lot of big records in, in the seventies. But, um, yeah, Keith was great, man. He, and he, being a drummer, like I said, he really dug, he, he liked my pocket. And, um, and, and uh, yeah, he, he also played, he was the drummer on dancing with myself, the idol song. Right. So, you know, when I heard his groove, I, I, he, he understood my groove and I understood his groove. So, yeah, we, we communicated really well. Well, your past is deep, but you also have a presence. So let's talk about what you're doing now. Downtown Phantom. And tell me about, I understand that, that you do drum tracks for, I mean, I guess whoever wants to send you a song, correct? And uh, look for a drummer to play on it. But talk about what you're doing these days. I'd love to hear. Yeah, well, um, I got a. I just recently got a studio set up in my home, uh, a home studio. Um, so, uh, yeah, it took a little while, but um, I'm doing remote drum tracks um, for my house. And um, I, my, my website is, is up and running. It's brand new. It's TommyPrice.com. And it's like custom tracks that I that do in my house. I have my own engineer. And so I cut tracks if people want to send me songs. Um, I could do, you know, I could do drum tracks from home. But um, the Downtown Phantom stuff was a record that I co-wrote with Johnny Rayo, uh, David Johansson's um, old guitar player. He used to play uh, with David Johansson. And uh, him and I grew up together on Staten Island. And we've been friends and doing projects over the years. But we put this, a record together a few years ago and um and it's great it's a great it's a great cd and it's um it's on amazon and spotify and it's also on you can if you want to buy it it's downtownphantom.com but it's all you know it's pretty it, it it's music that i personally wrote with johnny and um i'm singing everything on it oh really um, i didn't know that that's that's cool yeah, yeah, yeah. All the vocals is me, and and um, Johnny and and Joey Bass is playing bass from Minkville, um, and also from John Waite. He did John Waite stuff too. But um, yeah, it's just the three of us. We did it. We cut it in Brooklyn, New York, and um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's getting some airplay here in, in San Antonio. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, it's a great record. I'm proud of it, and then. Uh, and, but, um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing now. And I'm doing session work, um, here in other studios in Austin, Texas, um, and doing a little bit of live playing, not much live playing, but, you know, cause I, um, I sort of retired from not really retired, but semi-retired from touring. I had, I had gotten cancer in 2015. I was diagnosed with cancer. So I had to stop touring for a while. That's when I left uh, the Black Heart, right? 2015. So it was right after we did a, a Who tour. We supported the Who uh, on the. It was their tour that was uh, the Who turns 50. It was that tour, uh, 2015. So we supported the whole tour. We went out with them, and right after I finished that tour, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so I had to stop touring for a couple of years. And uh, and then, you know, COVID kicked in and uh, my wife and I decided to move from New York. 
and we got a place in Texas. And um, yeah, and and I'm doing. I'm seven years, six years cancer free. Oh, good! And Congratulations, good. good. And, and stuff is going good, man. And uh, yeah, your website. So it's Tommy with an H T H O M M Y Price dot com, and uh, all the information is there. I I really appreciate your time, man. I really do, and it was great to yeah, catch up yeah, and see what you're doing. And that's awesome. The Industry 45 Show.